Hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson, your host, and joining me is Dr. Peter Bernstein. Today we continue in our series on how to survive through adversity. Dr. Bernstein, or Peter as he likes to be called, is a coach and mentor with 49 years of experience helping people survive and grow through trauma, struggles, and hard times, the stuff of real life. The goal of our series is to help you discover what we've experienced, that adversity is more than a trial to endure. It can be an exciting opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive. And when I hear you say exciting, I go, you just got to be kidding. No, uh, yeah, it, I know. But I yes, know. on the moments of reflection, yes. There's exciting, and, and then there's the anxiety producing as well. And the difficulty. Or the, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it's not just you and I here today. Wait, it's not? No. There's somebody else here? Yes. You mean this person sitting next to you? Yes. One yes. of my favorite people in town. Yes, Aww. you saw her in the gym. Mimi, yeah, and she was working out. She was on quite an incline on the, and she didn't see me on the treadmill. She was really... She was working out. It hurt me to see. Yeah. No, this is Mimi Amaral, and yes. she's been a guest of ours before, and she's just a lovely, lovely lady. Uh, we think a great deal of. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Anyway, she's little, she's cute, but she's also a powerhouse. A powerhouse. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we both came to that at the same yeah. point. Yep. Yep. <laughs> she Must be is. true. <laughs> and to, if she can sit in this room with us, she's a powerhouse. She's good. Yep. Yep. And she's a perfect blend. Uh, let's see. May I say a little bit about her based on what she told me to say? Yes. Okay. So Mimi's would like us to hear that she is uh, someone who aspires to encourage humans to speak their truth and embrace their authentic self. And she has written two books that have been published and one that will be published sometime this year. And her latest book, I'll just go to that, is called Death Before and After, A Survivor's Guide. Uh, Mimi says, this book touches on everything a loved one or family member may want to know about the process, including self-care, and how important it is to do self-care. And this fits so closely, so directly in to our, our theme that we've been on for some time now about caregiving. And uh, so it's just a pleasure and will be so helpful for our audience, for our listeners, to hear what Mimi can add to what we've been saying. Well, you know, it's really interesting. We've been talking about this. We haven't seen Mimi in a while. And look at what she's been working on. It's just right on the same yeah. same page that we're on. Uh, and I love that about her. She's, we are all on the same page. Um, I wanted to go wh- back to one thing before we go any further. We want to talk about some of the ways that we help people. We help people recover from the trauma and to get back on their feet um, in different ways. And I feel that that's really important because we talked about growing and all of that. But we're talking about that we help folks recover and to move on with their life and to work things out. And that's what really we're good at. Um, so I just want to put that in there because, I mean, we're, we're, it's an important emphasis um the other part of it is that we're talking about a part of life and mimi will attest to this that a lot of people don't like to talk about her face until it's really on top of them um and we we're talking about it because and i can attest to this there are so many people 
that are dealing with difficulties in their life, losing loved ones, uh, taking care of the sick, and being involved with very difficult side of life. I don't know if that's a common discussion point in people's lives, but if you talk to me, it sure seems to be. Um, many people know what I'm going through, and knows our, they know our work. If they don't know our work, they know my wife. Um, and I find that a lot of people share with me different parts of situations in their life that are extremely difficult right now. And they don't have anybody to talk to, and they don't know a lot. And all of a sudden, it just starts flowing out of them, uh, what they're going through and what they're facing. And my gosh, it's, it's I got to say, in the last, since the last broadcast, um, I've had people of all ages, that I, people I never would have expected to talk to me about. Uh, as one fellow was a, has got a sister, and she's at 41 years old, she had a stroke it just recently. And interestingly, uh, very difficult what they're going through as a family but his mother is one of the caregivers and she just had quadruple bypass surgery and when I talked to her I said that's the one you better really pay attention to because the distress level and he was talking to me about how distressing it is for the family and what they're going through and I said the person to keep your eyes on are your mother because this takes so much out of a person physically the emotional burden the pain the grief and he agreed but he hadn't talked to anybody that I know of. And it was just a, we were just talking about some other things. And all of a sudden, he was talking to me about this, and it just started pouring out of him. And this is not an old man. This is guy, is, he's, I doubt that he's 40. Um, and he was talking about that today. There was an article today in the Wall Street, no, in the New York Times, on a caregiver, a woman who's athletic, ambitious, successful young husband of 41 years old, had a stroke and for the next 12 years she had to be his caregiver and she talked about what she went through he made it um, but their marriage didn't and they divorced at the end of it and she went on to remarry and she's just written a book about it but she talks about that's how pre prevalent this issue is I think that you are um, so uh, genuine with people out in the community when you're out um, just living your life uh, with where you are uh, in in your life right now and your life with Lynn, it gives people permission to open mm -hmm. up and share uh, a surprising, like you said, a surprising number of people are going through similar ex shared experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think, I'll just add that I think that is one of the great values of our podcast, is that we are bringing this this life experience to our podcast and we have not, maybe there are podcasts that are covering some of this, but mm -hmm. we have not found them. I think we are starting a conversation, making it available for people to hear such a vital, vitally important thing, and it's not out there in the way that we're able to put it well, out there. It or have sure been putting is, it out there. It's, it's happening. And what's interesting is as we're going through it, more and more people are coming and asking us for help. So we're getting more and more involved with families, loved ones, finding caregivers for them, interviewing caregivers, finding funding for families who can't afford it, helping those that are getting sick as caregivers. And it's just coming on us more all the time. And I want to say we're calling this new approach to everything that we're doing Lynn's legacy. Lynn is my wife. That's beautiful. It's, uh, thank you. Yeah, Mimi knows Lynn. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's really what's coming out of 
what Linda's going through and what we're going through with her, that this legacy is happening. And uh, I'm just so touched by it, to be honest with you, to see uh, what's coming out of it, to see the quality of love and nourishing, nourishment and caring that Lynn is receiving. Um, she, as far as I'm concerned, and this is my way of saying it, she's surrounded by sweet angels. People are just wonderful to her. And I realize it's because she is, and she's always been that way. And it's touched me very deeply. So as she's weakening, she's surrounded by such love and care and expertise, but it's done in such a human, caring, loving way. So people say that I'm like that, but it's easier for me to see it in others, to be honest with you. Uh, but it's I, a legacy that we intend to carry on. I know it's happening. Yeah. And I see the need. And I'm, I'm committed, very committed. Um, but I, I want to say one thing. You mentioned, well, it's because I'm a genuine human being. Well, <laughs> I want to go back on that for a minute. I wasn't always. I thought I was. And uh, I had an, I had a... And I'll tell you, just give you a little vignette. I uh, ran into a psychologist, psychotherapist on Friday, this last Friday. And um, I don't have much to do with psychologists and psychotherapists. I haven't in that world for a long time. And she was introduced to me and she started telling me about different theorists and what they're doing. And I'm sitting there and I got to tell you, uh, I am so done with that way of life and that way of communicating, although I can relate I didn't want to. And uh, one of the things I said was, you know, I said to her, I said, you know, I don't have much to do with that world anymore. I'm helping people in a different way. And uh, and she, I said, I really like, I've, I've learned to approach life as human to human. She says, well, we do that. And according to, she started laying out different um, theorists. And I was thinking to myself, she believes that she's talking human to human right now. And she only she is talking to me that way because she knows I've I've been a psychotherapist and a, a psychologist for so many years. Not anymore. I don't consider myself that anymore. I consider myself a mentor and a coach and a consultant. But it was interesting because I'm sitting there going, she really believes she's talking to me human to human right now, and I'm going, she doesn't even know she's not. And that used to be me. And it's only because of what I've gone through and been going through with Lynn and helping others my mother, um, that I, it strips me, it stripped me down to who I really am and to looking at my true self. Um, and I realized, well, I might have thought I was relating human to human, but not like I do now. I don't talk in theory and I don't talk in therapy or clinical terms and I am so grateful that I don't. And I think it's because of that that people feel comfortable talking to me. And I, I'll tell you what, that nourishes me uh, a lot. And I'm very grateful for it. That's one of the good things that's come out of this very difficult time. And I'm grieving. I'm hurting about my wife. I adore her and love her. And I'm losing her little by little. Maybe not so little. And, uh, but it's, it's making me a better person. It's making me more human. And I'm seeing who I really am. And I like it a lot better. So one of the things I want to emphasize in this episode today is how good things can actually come out of such terribly difficult times of suffering and adversity. And that's what I want to talk about today, because uh, I think that's so important. It doesn't feel good at the time, so I'm not trying to make it sound Pollyannish, but I know that good things will 
and can't come out. And I want to talk about that today. I also want to talk about some of the pitfalls that people have to pay attention to as caregivers. And we'll do that in a minute because Steve's flashing this white thing, our producer over here, and he thinks I don't see it. But I'm not even going to look at it because we're supposed (laughs) to be taking a break. So... Welcome, and you've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Just before our break, um, Peter was talking about a change that has occurred in him. He said he was he he became uh, more aware of the path that he wanted to take. Um, he used to be a psychologist, very clinical in his approach. And as he has gone through painful experiences of the kind that we talked about in our intro, uh, brought him face to face with what mattered most, what side of him did he want to bring out. He wanted to become more of a person that was human to human and not clinical. And it led him to kind of uh, move past some of the very clinical background to being more of a coach and mentor. I just wanted to bring up that that is a very similar path that Mimi Mm -hmm. has been on. I know, Mimi, you started uh, your schooling thinking you'd be licensed and then found that that wasn't, and correct me if I'm wrong, that wasn't what you thought it might be or where you wanted to end up. Well, actually, um, the only reason I went to the doctorate program was a very strong, intuitive um, moment in time stating to me that I basically should, and this is more of like a higher source type and I'm not getting woo-woo. I'm just saying there was a very strong intuitive sense that um, I needed to f- develop entertainment psychology. Um, I wasn't getting licensed. I had never planned to get licensed. Um, but I did uh, get that intuitive sense, a very strong one, to try to develop entertainment psychology, which led me to call the APA. And the APA said the only way you can develop a, a division is to become a doctor. And I said, well, it looks like I'm going to graduate school. That's the only reason is one night when I was walking to my car from undergrad, the sense came over me of developing that division. So it was more of a a strong intuitive sense. Um, there was no end result of I wanted to be a doctor or I wanted to be licensed. Um, I've, you see the pitfalls, though, in the clinical... Absolutely. Uh, ...kind of a wall between you and everyone else. Absolutely. I've seen um, many humans get in or fall into the the kind of realm of being more heady and more clinical and more uh, diagnostic than relating human to human um, and trying to hold the space in more of a separate clinical how can I help this human or how can I um, fix this human rather than be present and feel and hold the container and allow the human to be and unfold and, and find their journey and kind of walk beside them along their journey so 
Boy, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a different way to put what I you like put. Very idea. different, but still the same. I think you guys have the same goal in mind that you want to be there with people as a real person, helping yeah. them because of your each of you are going through, have gone through very painful life experiences. Yes. Right. And part of what is coming out of them, both for you, each of you, is the ability to help others and the desire to do so. Well, you know, I'm getting goosebumps here listening to Mimi. Well, thank you. Um, she got through it a lot faster than I did. I took 48 years. But, you know, I, I always wanted to be human to human. From the world I came from to the world of going into becoming a psychotherapist, quite a jump. And I did it in a very committed way. I've helped thousands of people. I still do, but not as a psychotherapy approach. Um, but this human-to-human -human thing for me uh, only happened because I've been stripped of my down to my very core by being involved with helping uh, watching my wife and going through th what I'm going through with her, being a caregiver, being involved mm -hmm. with caregivers, the pain, the grief, the loss. That's the thing that's really brought me to understanding truthfully how to be a human being again and how to relate to others. So my intention was there, but I don't think I knew... I don't think I really knew how to do it. And and I know uh, others have listened to your previous visits to our podcast. I know you could go on for a long time, but I know you've experienced that stripping of your of who you are down to what Peter just talked about, mm -hmm. being stripped and coming face-to-face -face with yourself. And if you could briefly tell us yeah. what that I, is. I think maybe possibly I was born into it since I was born sick. I was born with medical complications. I, I'm, if I were to guess, and this is just subjective, this is just my perspective on my journey, is for me, because of the health issues that I have and had when I was younger and being diagnosed to die at 15, there's no denial. You have to walk through everything. Um, you're faced with everything. There's, For myself, I had to face that, okay, well, this is real. This is happening. This is what's going on. And um, from a very young age, even being five years old in a hospital room by myself, um, you you get the reality of of you know being alone, or or you know how someone else is feeling, or because you you can pick up on it, especially when you're a child. You know you don't have the rational, logical mind develop so you use all your senses so mm -hmm. I just don't think I ever lost that I don't think I was conditioned out of any of that um, I think again subjective but I think it's easy for all humans to be conditioned out of things as we get older and grow up and hear different things of like no it needs to be this way or life is this way or life's that way or you know you're an adult now you got to be responsible just culture and society and conditioning well particularly professionals Correct. really have a tendency to remove themselves or insulate themselves uh, we've seen that uh, they mean well um, they have good intentions but when it comes to the delivery and the connectedness we've seen all too often that they don't make it and they stay in a very self-protective silo they call it right and we've seen that and I know it bothers me 
Yeah, when I see it, I know I was like that too. And uh, I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. I wish I did sometimes, <laughs> to be honest with you, but I'm much more exposed. Um, you know, I, we're talking about relating to something, and I had a couple of experiences uh, recently that I know many people are relating to because it's been made so public. And not that I was a, f a fan of the show or anything because I didn't watch it, but what was it called? Uh, American Idol? No, that oh. one I'll talk about in a minute. I'm sorry. What's the other one? Dog, uh, oh, Dog the Bounty Hunter. Dog the Bounty Hunter and his wife, Beth. And uh, not, not really ever appealed to me, but uh, what's been really so touching to me is that Beth died last week from uh, 51 years old from cancer. Mm. And the, the most touching thing about it, certainly for me, is how much they loved each other. And how he stood by her. And this is a tough guy. Uh, I've been through a lot in his life. Has a very hard background. And yet his heartfelt love for his wife. And that he stood by her side through a terrible loss. Has been made so public. And they've handled it so beautifully. Touched my, it touched me deeply. Because of course I'm facing that too. But I think it's touched millions of people. To be honest with you. The love that those two had. And they're... They were a tough couple. Mm -hmm. And um, yet this deep, heartfelt, soulmate love partnership has been so pronounced as she's been, as she was dying. And she went through a very tough battle of cancer for a year, a year and a half. I was touched. But toward the, about the last week and a half, she did pass away about a week and a half ago. And even that's talked about now. Um, about how that's been handled. And as I can't say I'm following all the details of it, but there is such a deep human connectedness of love that I, I, it can't be denied. Very touching. And uh, I was saying, he looks a wreck. And he was the caregiver for his wife. And honestly, he is grieving. And he is a devastated man right now. And my heart goes out to him. And I certainly can relate to where he's coming from. But I saw another one you mentioned last night. Uh, American Idol uh, Finals or something like that. I don't watch that show either. And that came up last night. As I'm preparing for this show today, I'm reading my notes. And these, it was uh, these finalists. Or they're going to the finals or something, right? And one after another, these people came on who had terrible incredible disabilities and difficulties in life. It just was unbelievable. And uh, some of them, I could feel the tears running down my face, and that's a new thing for me. But I could not believe it. And uh, a number of the performers came on with their caregivers, with their family, with their mothers. With their, It was so touching. There were a couple. There was one fellow, a young man. It was about 11 or 12. And he had uh, developed... Uh, uh, cancer when he was four or five years old. Mm -hmm. And he went through incredible amounts of chemotherapy and difficulty, and he was bullied at school because of the changes it was putting him through. So he was, he took a blistering beating in so many different ways. Anyway, his mother said, and this is a family, I'm not talking a well-to-do family or anything, that he was isolated and he was struggling with his own pain um, that he seemed to take to music. She said that nobody in our family did anything like that. And he, he got into a violin, playing a violin. And uh, 
anyway, he came on as one of the the performers, you know. Well, this kid didn't play like a virtuoso. He was a real out there performer, this little kid, filled with pain. And just the, the triggering that was happening is that because this came out of such terrible pain and difficulty that he still carries. You could see how wounded he is. And yet this guy could do incredible things. He rocked. He, he performed on that stage as a little 11, 12-year-old. That just blew my mind. And he did a fabulous job. And he was considered one of the finalists. No question about it. Everybody in the audience was crying. And it was pretty touching. And when he got done, he was still carrying the burden of pain and trauma that he had been through. There's no question about it. He still had to face what he was carrying. But the gift that came out of this pain mm -hmm. and a, 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 a genuine humanity that even came through his music couldn't be denied. It was that touching. And when he heard that he was a finalist, he just broke down in tears. He held his mother. She came out to hold him because he was still pretty shaky. Uh, he had been in remission now for four years, but the guy cares. It was so touching. That was one. The next one who came out, and this one really got me, the kid was blind. He was severely autistic. And he came out with his mother, and uh, she was his caregiver. And they, there was so much pain in her of what she's been through with her son. And... Uh, it, you couldn't imagine this guy performing, doing anything. He was so severely autistic and blind. And anyway, she said, for some reason, uh, nobody in our family's musical, he seemed to be drawn to music. So she said, he's going to perform for you tonight. And you, got, you had to look at this and go, she's kidding. He barely, I mean, you had to see the, the expressions on his face. And anyway, she sat him down by the piano. And she, she kneeled by him and talked him through getting ready to perform. And then he started his performance. That was so sensational. And she did a, he did an Elton John song. <laughs> I, I've never heard it done so beautifully. And you wouldn't believe he was blind. You wouldn't believe he was autistic. And out of his pain and difficulty has come this tremendous gift. And it was so touching. He did a beautiful performance. The place was in tears. The people were standing on there, standing up. They just, it, it was so moving. He got done. And you know what? He went right back to being autistic. And his mother was right there by him. So it wasn't that he had not, his pain was cured. It wasn't. It was what has come out of it, the gift that's come out of it for him, that was so incredibly inspiring. And it, it, it probably could never have happened if he hadn't been through such incredible suffering and pain, which was not over. And yet I saw one performance after another of stories like this that were so moving. And these people still were in pain. They still were damaged and wounded. And yet out of it, they were able to share the gift of that they received out of this that was, it touches the human soul. It was so moving. Anyway, that's what we wanted to be our th on our theme to be today. Is we're not talking about the easy side of life, we're talking about the most difficult side of life. And I can talk from human ex my own experience. It's probably one of the most difficult times in my life. Um, I've had others, but this has got to be one of them.
probably the most difficult. Um, and yet through it, there is so much good that's coming out of it. Lynn's legacy, Peter becoming more human. Uh, just a deeper appreciation and gratitude for the little things in life and how much they mean to me now. Um, those things never could come any other way than if I hadn't been stripped. Um, realizing, too, the sensitivities that go on when you're a caregiver and when you're there and you're there's this exchange of energy. Can we get to that yeah, after why? our break? Yes. Oh, I missed the flash from Steve again. Well, you're doing well. You're focusing. Steve is looking right? at me like not me, but yeah. I know <laughs> no. he's not telling the truth. No, no. Let's 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 hold that because I think let, let's really go into that in just a moment. You'll have to remind me what I just said. You okay, bet. go ahead. I'll do that. <laughs> You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll mm -hmm. be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Uh, what we uh, were talking about in our last segment uh, was uh, Peter and, and Mimi were sharing um, through their different journeys in life, through their schooling, through their professions, through their uh, personal experiences. They both have developed a, a very deep appreciation for what Peter calls human connectedness. Mm -hmm. Yes. And about the the gift, as well as the pain, that can come from those experiences, mm -hmm. yes. and uh, which is I believe directly related to being a caregiver, right. and uh, the the both the benefits and uh, the the pitfalls. You used the word pitfalls a little earlier today. Uh, uh, that can come out of that experience that we have have spent some time in previous uh, podcasts talking about, and want to want to kind of revisit today. Um, just before our break, you were talking about caregiving and the experience of how uh, it can be both a painful and a, a rewarding uh, experience, but it it will strip us and start bringing out things in us that. Are for us to look at and deal with. I do want to say that stripping is extremely painful, and it's not just one time. It, uh, I'm sure Mimi will attest to this. It's very painful. Yes. She was talking to us today about she's been a caregiver for her dad. Yes, correct. When and, he passed of cancer. Yep. And your. I'm caring for mom, mom. now. Correct. Um, and she's talked about that. So she knows. And, and this is a very painful, difficult side of life. She's yes. written a book that's... That the book that is coming out is coming out of that experience. Yes, I um, I didn't really understand what the process was going to be like. I mean, I, I was hoping that I would pass before my parents because I don't think that would have been fair. Um, so, you know, passing, having my father pass and I was still alive... Um, I wasn't sure what to expect or, or I was learning and I was as I was going and I realized there was just so much that I didn't know and that nobody explained or talked about. So if by writing this book I can make somebody else's experience through this type of journey, whether it be a husband or a father or a family member or a child, um, 
a little bit less stressful and get out the practical things that we need to think about so that they actually can take the time to process and grieve as they're going. Um, I, I hope the book does that because in the book it describes everything that I had to learn along the way and along the process of my father passing. Um, can I ask? Um, yes. You chose to be a caregiver for your father. Um, well, yes, actually, uh, I would definitely always be a caregiver for my, my parents. When I was diagnosed and passed at 15, or was said to be passed at 15, they said I was going to die. Um, I basically said, I am not going to die at 15. I'm going to live um, to take care of my parents. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of one of the things that I told myself to keep myself going. Um, so, yeah, I kind of signed that contract at 15. Um mm -hmm. And uh, when I went in and started the process, I, I was the first person that they called out of the family, my parents called. In fact, I was the first one who knew, and I knew eight months prior to everybody else, and my father confided in me and told me to keep my mouth shut. He said, I don't want anybody knowing. I, I come to you because, you know, I know that you know about all this. You've walked this journey um, I want you to keep this between us and your mother until I'm ready to disclose. And I said, that's totally fine. I, I completely will respect that. And then, so I knew eight, eight months prior to everybody else. Um, but then it got to a point where it was getting really severe. And I, I strongly suggested to my father that uh, he disclose to the rest of the family. Um, yeah, so... So That's a pretty heavy burden to put. It on is to too. keep I've a had secret. That done to me with me too. I've done that. Yeah. And I know how heavy that burden can be. Well, at at the time, I don't know if I integrated it as or digested it as um, a heavy burden, as more as I was honoring my father. I get it. No, so, I, I know you, and yeah. I, I'm the same way. What I was really uh, moving toward because of that was there's. There's things that caregivers go through um, that have to do with a certain kind of acceptance of the of what your the responsibility that you have, and embracing it, even though it's so painful and difficult. Not everybody does that. You did, and yes. you do, and I do it. Jenny does it, absolutely. Not everybody does it as as gracefully and graciously as you or or I do. And Thank I don't you. mean to include yeah i'll include myself in that because i do it too but i think one of the things that i wanted to to talk about today was here we are as caregivers talking about something that involves coming to a place of acceptance um and it's almost like surrendering to the truth absolutely the thing that we are that we fear the most the worst thing that could possibly happen in our minds is actually happening and it happened and afterwards there's a place in ourselves that we have to accept and realize this has taken its toll of course yes and that's a stage of the surrendering to the to the process of what you go through and, and the distress of it um and that puts us through some and again coming to grips with ourselves in a new way in other words one thing is you discover is how strong it can be yeah. And how how where did that strength come from? Well, I'm a spiritual person. I go, well, there's a power greater than me because I'm discovering a strength in myself that I didn't even know I had. And I'm a strong man type of guy. But this kind of strength 
is different. Absolutely. And by the, what happens when you do that, though, is there's something else that comes out of it, and that is a certain... After you grieve, and you do have to grieve, mm-hmm. and I say that, and I notice my voice dropped because I'm, I'm grieving now, but you do have to grieve. You can't yes. deny that. As, as you grieve for, the, for what you've been through or the person you've lost, or, eh, there is a deeper appreciation of life that comes out of that, a certain gratitude Absolutely. for what you still have, a certain, it doesn't have to be the big things only, it could be the little things, it could be, it just all of a sudden you begin to look at life differently. Absolutely. And your perspective begins to change, and you also begin to see things in yourself that you didn't even know that you had. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that these are the real substantial things that come out of adversity and struggle and pain. That's stripping. Now, that's the when I say the ideal, I don't mean to say uh, the ideal and whoopee, because I, I, I'm saying it in a different light here. There are so many people that don't respond this way, and yeah. they begin to act differently. And it's yes. not positive, it's very negative. Mm-hmm. They grow bitter. They get resentful. They grow, they're filled with self-pity. And I don't mean the kind that we all have at moments. Their whole being uh, falls apart in, in not good ways. And they're hard on others. Yes. Um, I, I have to say, I've seen a lot of that too. It's not pleasant. Yes. And um, people that are going through tough times, I want to put this out there in a different way. There are people that are very vulnerable right now. You're going through tough times. You're facing difficulties. That vulnerability, if you're in the presence of the wrong people, they're going to affect you. Absolutely. And if they have a bitterness or resentment or a negative outlook on life and what comes out of this, you can definitely be swept along. I want to put up a a precaution right now. Be aware that if if that's beginning to happen, that you need to get set up a boundary and a protection around yourself immediately because you can't afford to go down that road. It's a very dark, negative uh, road that doesn't lead to anything very good. What Mimi's talking about, what I'm talking about, what Jenny's talked about is the goodness that can come out of this very painful, difficult time. And you're going through the same things that people who grow very bitter and resentful Mm-hmm. and self-pitying go through. But you're talking about taking a different path. We want to encourage this other path. Correct. And I want to tell you, be careful. Because when you're around the wrong people, they're going to affect you. You're, you are vulnerable at this time in your life. And the energy they put out, the direction, the how strong they can be and vociferous can overpower you. Don't buy into it. Stay away from it. In fact... You've got to almost consciously stop yourself from being swept along in their negativity. Correct. It sounds, it, like, it sounds like you had can relate to what Peter's saying. Well, in multiple realms of life, that could be relationships, that can be as a caregiver. Um, the negativity of another human being, though let's say you feel that okay i'm i'm a i'm in a good space and i'm i'm strong enough and i'm positive enough to hold who i am but yet still your environment is an unhealthy negative environment for whatever reason um eventually it's going to erode into the crevices and cracks that we are all 
vulnerable. We are all insecure in some way. We're all unsure at one time or another. So that negative, heavy environment will eventually erode into whatever cracking can get into and um, create heaviness. Yeah, so remove yourself if possible. You know, seriously try... Listen to what Peter's saying. Really remove yourself from heavy, unhealthy situations and people that surround you that that have toxicity. And that's in any case, especially as a caregiver, because as caregivers, we are open and giving so much that we become more vulnerable. That vulnerability, um, I see Steve holding up a sign. I just want to finish this thought, though. That vulnerability even surprises me. Mm-hmm. And Jenny will attest to this, that I'm the kind of person that in the midst of vulnerability, if I sense that, I become an advocate and I become, I have another side to me. It's very strong. And when I, I'll face that other stuff down. And if I see other people suffering, I do step in. But here's what I'm also discovering about myself. Yes. It hurts me. Yeah. Deeply. And yes, it can anger me. No, I won't deny that. But my vulnerability is showing me aside to myself that I have to be protective of and stay away from people like that because right now that really gets in yes and it hurts yes things that you normally aren't even aware of that I'm not even aware of that I've accepted for so long yeah. I doesn't it's not acceptable and it, and all of a sudden I'm very well aware of what's going on where before I might have not been swept along by it but probably not been as put off by it but now I am Yes. And I want to put out today to this broadcast is for folks. We want to keep you on a a path that's going to lead you to something better. Healthy. Mm-hmm. Something healthier. Healthy. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean, though, you're going to go through easy times. Nope. Not at all. And I don't want to try to draw a picture that's uh, that's an illusion. I want to I want to give you a reality. But I can tell you there is so much good that could be reaped through these difficulties and so much resilience that you'll find that goes far beyond anything you ever imagined. And that's the purpose of this broadcast. That's the purpose of having Mimi on. Not meet people like Mimi. Mimi. Thank you. And she's one of those people. You can hear it. Now, if you saw the size of her, you wouldn't believe this. This is a cute little lady, and she's a lovely, don't get me wrong, but this is a powerful woman. Thank you. And you can hear it. You keep saying the size of me, so for the audience, I'm five foot and I'm 90 pounds. (laughs) So now you know. (laughs) And she's adorable. I'm not trying to say she's not, but she's small. But I am telling you, you don't see this strong women and strong men like Mimi every day. Thank you. Okay, Steve has been flashing a sign. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. In our last segment, uh, Peter and Mimi were talking about caregiving and about the need for acceptance that what uh, we may fear the most is is happening as a caregiver. Uh, The value of surrendering to the process, finding new strength, grieving, 
regaining or gaining a deeper appreciation of life and gratitude. And that part of this, uh, this whole life process can be that we'll come up against people who are not willing to go through this with us. Uh, they will be uh, maybe bitter, resentful. Uh, they will have uh, quite a bit of negative energy. And uh, for empathic caregivers, to take on this negative energy and their vulnerability is a huge mistake. And so uh, we're going to continue our discussion here about caregiving, the gifts, the benefits, and the pitfalls. Yeah. All right. One of the things that we had a staff meeting of caregivers this morning. We have it every Monday. And Kelly, who is our... If I'm human to human and giving up my clinical facade, Kelly won't even go near it. She doesn't like that at all. But she was listening to something from our last broadcast and talked about decompressing, um, coming to that point of acceptance, realizing that what we've dreaded the most has happened and it's taken its toll. There's also an emotional uh, burden that we've carried. Um, and we've talked, we talked last week about decompressing, a place where you have to come to a place of letting go somehow for your own well-being of these burdens that you've been carrying. And she felt that that was too clinical a word. Now, I never thought of that as clinical, but... Either that or that we just didn't, we didn't define it enough. She's right. Or in words that were, were clear for her. Yeah, and, and I think we were talking about, it's almost, I think of it in more general terms, of a kind of a debriefing letting down and that can be take many different forms yeah her her question was does that mean just words and your response was no not at all debriefing can sound like just words uh, decompressing could be just words particularly for people who go to a support group and just kind of go and just talk uh, and think that they've taken care of the burdens and the stress that they're under but it's not a complete picture exactly right. yeah yeah I agree. It's not. No, it's part. I mean, it may work. Don't. I don't want to dismiss part of the picture. it at all. Yes. Because it can be very valuable. But I do want to say, well, what does it really look like? What is? If we're talking about the area of self-care, truthfully. Yes. And and keeping yourself resilient and also restoring yourself. Um, Mimi knows this because she goes to the gym a lot with me, and yeah, uh, yeah. a lot of folks do. Uh, there's lots of different ways to debrief and decompress. Um, so you can get back on your feet. Absolutely. And if you have to go back into the relationship of caregiving, which we all do, yes, um, it's ways to do it. I go to the gym. I ride horses. I compete on cutting horses. Uh, uh, I will. I am one of those people that will take time to have a good cry or let some of that frustration and pain out. I, I don't Absolutely. mind doing that. Um, not everybody does that, but yet I would recommend <laughs> for more people to be in touch with your emotional state and how it's affecting your body, your biology. And I find that being I'm such a physical person, I know what it, these emotions can do to my body. Yes. And they can hurt it plenty. Yeah. And if you're a caregiver, one of the things that we're discovering, and Jenny was the latest victim. Are you the latest one? I don't know. Caregivers get hurt more easily mm -hmm. they get injured they recover more slowly yes uh, it's the truth yeah it's yes. the truth it's because we haven't maybe been paying attention to some of the effects of this emotional distress and how it is affecting us physically so we're talking about it's uh, the importance of taking care of yourself reading your body 
uh, seeing how these emotions may affect you. Uh, 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 interesting little vignette. Again, um, I, I did get hurt on a horse. For really, for me, it was the most serious injury I've had in 46 years on a horse. And I tore some tissue around my right pelvis. It was hurt. I was yeah. really lame for a year. I rode because nobody's going to stop me from doing that, but this was painful. And uh, interestingly, now I get you know I get some help with it, and, and it's working. But I'll tell you what, every time a little bit more of the wound heals or lets go, I you know what always comes up, and this is not going to a psychotherapist, my grief. And I'm holding it in my hip. And when that hip releases where it's been wounded and injured, I could cry on the spot. I mean, deeply so. I don't um, in that place. I will at home or privately for me. But I'm finding that uh, we have to be aware that this is going on. And if we don't take care of it, our bodies will begin to uh, break down. Our health will break down. It happens to caregivers all the time. We want to make sure that this period of debriefing, decompressing, whatever forms you need to do to take care of it, do it. It's yes. very important. I, I see that you're really responding to this. What's going through your mind? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to kind of reiterate and support what Peter's saying regarding self-care and being mindful and being aware of not just the emotional state but how the emotional state connects with the body state as he's speaking because i mean that's where colds and flus come up um when you ha you're holding emotional pain and you keep shoving it down mm -hmm. and shoving it down and not acknowledging it um to the light is through the pain don't stay there but acknowledge it witness it honor it give it it's it's few minutes and let it pass <clears throat> basically otherwise you know you can have um you can get headaches you can get body cramps you mm -hmm. can think oh my arm hurts and it's actually just holding all that emotional strain and pain that everybody is afraid to actually feel we have to feel the pain to get healthy we have to honor the pain to grow and expand and move into a more healthier state whether it would be with caregiving or l loss of a, a, a loved one or a loss of a relationship or anything um so honoring it means acknowledging that it's Acknowledging happening. it, feeling it, allowing yourself to cry, whether it be privately or in that moment. I recently, <coughs> excuse me, just took a break, of a, a weekend break. I had um, somebody watch mom for me. I drove down to SoCal, sat on Manhattan Beach, and just, you know, relaxed, looked at the water, did everything I could do, took a lavender shower, uh, once I got back to the hotel, um, a, a lavender, lavender shower. shower. <laughs> okay, that? candles with um, like lavender. Um, oh, oh. Yeah, with a shower and you a could tell nice steam. And with the male <laughs> side doesn't quite get those it's things. Lavender, lavender adrenaline. Yeah. I think I think you you guys have a little different approach. Yeah, yeah. I'm the adrenaline. Well, but I go to the gym all the time too for the yeah. adrenaline release, which is really good for the body because I feel like I'm not as stiff or because mm -hmm. um, I feel my body being stuck. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I, I go to the gym six days a week. And she works out hard, by the way. Yeah. 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 So does Jenny. 
Yeah, I do. There she you is. go. Long yeah, time. she got yeah. hurt, by the way. Yeah, oh. I went too far. Be careful. Yes. I think we all do that at least once. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but, but the point the point we're making is that, uh, and one thing that you both related to right away is that it is, we are talking about something beyond talk. Yes. Uh, y- you can talk about your pain without really going through it. I think it's an easy way to, to bypass it and deny it and can not be. feel it. It can be. Other people may use it well, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. I've also seen uh, you get support. You know, it's a really interesting thing to go to a caregiver's group. There's other people, they know exactly what I'm going through because they're doing it too. Mm-hmm. There are people that really use it sweetly and genuinely. Yes. I have found others that just emotionally hemorrhage into it and then go back and just act the same way. To me, that means that's worthless. In yeah. fact, those kind of groups do more damage than good. Correct. So I don't like those, and uh, I don't like that at all. But I do know there's other people that benefit greatly. Uh, they may not do what I do. I'm a very physical person. Mimi's physical. Jenny's physical. Not everybody takes that approach. I would recommend it yes. strongly, but not everybody's going to get a cut of course and go compete or do things like that or get in a race car and go compete. So I understand that. But you've got to find ways to take care of your body. You've got to take care of... You've got to find what is your baseline of health, keeping yourself relatively stable. Yes. And, take, and, and when you're challenged as a caregiver in this side of life, the challenge is more meaningful than ever because you're not going to have that much time to take care of yourself. Everything is... All the energy is going out to someone who's in much greater need. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to be depleted. It's easier for, even if you've taken care of yourself, whatever the good that's come out of that, it, it kind of diminishes uh, more quickly. Um, so you got to do more to take care of yourself. Correct. Um, so this is the time in life, and these are the experiences of life. You don't have time to just indulge it and just go hang out. This is really part, it's a, a necessity. Self-care is a necessity. Decompressing, debriefing is a necessity. Um, understanding that you're in a much more serious part of life now, and if you don't do it to, uh, to the point where you are at least maintaining yourself, you're going to get sick or worse, and it's real, and you can get hurt physically and otherwise. So we take this stuff very seriously. We're in it. We're not talking off the top of our heads. We know lots of people. Um, that, are, that are going through it or been through it. So for those folks who are listening, who are willing to acknowledge this side of life, please take it, take it to heart. And for those that aren't really wanting to get near this yet, I recommend that you listen a little bit because none of us are immune. Nope. All of us are going to be affected. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. So it's not a negative. It's a part of life that you need to accept and not run away from. It's reality. It's reality. Thank you. Coming from Mimi. And yes. she says it more sweetly than I do. Yes. So it we is a reality. We say it is the stuff of real life. It's yes. the stuff of real if life. If I just yeah. may add real quick, just um, the spectrum, you know, emotional, mental, physical, as well as spiritual. Be mindful of the whole spectrum. Try not to bypass one or the other or shove down the emotions thinking they're going to go away because they're just going to come back harder. Feel it. Okay. And you mentioned the spiritual thing. Not yes. Really yes. Just that self-care takes place, needs to take place on all those all, all levels. levels. And yes. you will recognize your spiritual, no matter what your religion yeah. is. You whatever it is for you. Yeah, whatever it is for you. Don't deny it.
Anyway, Steve's giving us signals that are we coming to an end here? We're coming to an end wow. way too fast. That was Thank fast you today. so way much. Too fast. That was fast. I'm today. so grateful you guys offered to have me come back oh, on. It's our it's a Thank privilege you for to coming, have you Mimi. Here. Thank you so much. I enjoy yeah. listening to you. I know this has just flown by because it's such a pleasure to have. Thank you, and I learn a lot from both of you as well. So thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank I learned you. a lot from you. Thank you. Have to do this again. Yep. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson. If you'd like to know more about our show or Dr. Bernstein, please visit our website at thesurvivorsguidetolife.com. Uh, our podcast is sponsored by Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment at sctraumatreatment.org. Uh, please like us on Facebook and Instagram, and thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.